Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the They Think It's All Over podcast. We like to call it They Think It's All Corona, given the current predicament football, and indeed the whole world, currently faces. Today I'm joined by our usual lineup to chat about how different countries are easing lockdown measures and football teams are coming back to training. We also discuss whether players should be taking wage cuts and which clubs have mandated that so far. Plus the latest on the Newcastle takeover and of course our usual On This Day and Dorsey's Challenge 11 features. My name is Owen Midder and this is I Think It's All Over. They think it's all over! Hello and welcome to this week's episode of They Think It's All Corona, coming to you from Oldfield Park in Bath. We've got the usual lineup today of Matthew Dawes. You're right, boy. Uh, Scott Hyron. How's it going, mate? And David Morgan. All right, mate. Yeah, good to have you boys all here once again. How's lockdown going so far? Not too bad. No, it's, right. a bit, it's a bit grim, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Working away, stuck in a box all day. Obviously, another three weeks of it now, as announced at the end of last week from the government. Any any thoughts on, on football coming back anytime soon? Not looking likely, is it? We, I think we're all just desperate for it, aren't we? I'm, yeah. I, I just, what the, what's happening on the weekends? Like, I, but the, this last weekend's just gone. What, we, what we, even what, is a weekend? Yeah, what, what even happened? Yeah, I'm losing track of days at the moment. There's nothing to differentiate it. You know, I used to know when a like a Wednesday. I used to always know when a Thursday was because then there'd be Europa League. Class, class. Well. To start off the, the podcast today, I thought I was having a look around at what leagues we do have left because obviously there are a few around. We, the Belarus Belarusian league has been making headlines lately. It's the only football on TV to watch. Um, and it's actually the, the Tajikistan league has also been going on. And this week, the Turkmenistan league's coming back. I think um, Turkmenistan has actually recorded zero cases of coronavirus, one of the very few countries to do so. So perhaps a bit more football back on TV. You fancy watching some of that, Hyron? Could be done, I suppose, on the weekend. Uh, see, see what the top players in the uh, Turkmenistan league are. I know, Rod, you've been watching some of the Belarusian football. <laughs> what have you made of it so far? I mean, it's not great coverage, is it? <laughs> it's not quite Sky Sports with Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. <laughs> I think Bet365, where the screen is smaller than anything, at least you get, I think it's a two-inch screen to watch the game. It's a shambles, but... Needs must at this at this point. Any football will do. So yeah. we're, ju- we're just junkies at this point, looking for our next fix. Junkies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the other um, news from around Europe, I guess, is that some countries are relaxing measures relating to the coronavirus lockdown in general. Um, some, some small businesses being allowed to open in Germany and, and Denmark. I've seen in the last few days, and uh, players starting to come back to training. I think the Bundesliga has allowed players to train in groups of four and five. And in fact, the Chinese Super League, of course, in China, they've sort of passed the peak a long time ago of the virus, I guess. Um, They're actually back in full training this week, so we could see Shanghai Shenhua back on our screen soon. What do you make of that, boys? Oh, it'd be class, wouldn't it? Get, you know, the likes of Fellaini and Graziano Pella back on the screens, you know. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, the Chinese Super League, for what it is, is it's probably a better quality than Belarusian and Turkmenistan nonsense. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm all for it. (laughs) Definitely. And I think... Well, I'm not sure actually what would happen with Igalo because if the Prem season gets extended, would he then go back to Shanghai Shenhua? I hope or- not. I think there's a lot of rumours that we're going to sign him on a on a permanent deal. Um, I'd personally love that because as you as you boys know, I'm a massive fan of his. <laughs> He's made such a big impact on the club already. Um, so yeah, we'll see about that. But that would be very interesting actually if if the Chinese Super League because I think officially his loan ends at the end of June. So if the Super League's back and the Prem isn't, then 
you know, Shanghai Central will want him back. So I'm sure I'm sure Woodward will sort it out and we'll make sure that he stays a Man United player for many years to come, hopefully. Yeah, it could be an interesting one there. But yeah, taking the, a look back at the Premier League, obviously we're in another three weeks of lockdown, at least, as we mentioned at the start there. And it's the, the financial pressures are starting to really hit football clubs up and down the country, not only in the Premier League, but in the other leagues below as well. And it's something that we've seen over the last few weeks, definitely, that uh, players are being asked to take wage deferrals and even wage cuts. And that's definitely happened in the lower leagues. But now it's starting to happen in the Premier League as well, Rod. I think Arsenal are the first to do so. Yeah, yeah. We're the, the first club in the top flight to agree to it. All players have agreed to a 12.5% wage cut bar three of them. And they will get the money back if it at the end of this season currently or the end of next season we qualify for Champions League because the extra money from that will cover the sort of wage cuts and the plan is for the wage cut to keep going up until March next year. Right, yeah, stands. Makes sense. yeah, so if, if you do qualify then they'll bring in enough extra money into the coffers to uh, to do it. But yeah, qualifying not looking so I'm sorry. Likely. Not this season. <laughs> if you qualify. This season or next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, still laughing. It still could happen. You've got zero chance of qualifying for the well, Champions League. Army. This season yeah, potentially is looking unlikely, but next season's next season, mate. I, it'll be. A, I'll eat my sock if you get Champions League football next season. I'd like there to. It is. I'd like well, to hear it here on the <laughs> Dorsey eating his sock. Look out for a video of that next year when Arsenal qualify. They won't. We, we get to pick the sock as well. Right? <laughs> Especially one of Hiram. Yeah, well, mine after no. a game of. Uh, uh, he he did say my sock, but I reckon Dorsey's got some grim socks. I don't know. I'm fine. Probably under the bed. <laughs> here he is. That's a scream. So you, you mentioned there, Rod, that three players haven't agreed to the cut, which I thought was the most interesting part of that because obviously I'm sure you've got some big earners. In Arsenal, and I saw it touted around that perhaps Mesut Ozil is one of those three players. Mesut Ozil has been confirmed to be one of the three, but the other two I can't find anywhere mm-hmm. where yeah. who they are. And unfortunately, he seems to have been made almost a bit of a scapegoat for the whole thing because he's refused at the moment to agree to it because he's not 100% certain where the money will go because he doesn't want it to be used for sort of the big executives to still be on full pay and yeah. such. Because his pockets, yeah, because it's like. From my perspective, I just see it as this money isn't actually getting into the club in the first place. It's not like it's got anywhere to go. The reason there's a wage cut is that they're not getting any money from ticket sales or TV money. It's not coming in. There is that side of it, but he he uses his wages to do a lot of good for charity. Yeah. So he wants to make sure that that money is still going to be used to cover you know casual wage staff and such, and that you know, for example, they, as I said, like you know, Cronky has promised a cash injection to the club the the amount of that hasn't been confirmed yet and he wants to make sure that you know all players and st- all the staff and the executives are taking the necessary cuts so it's not just being but the, the whole burden is not being carried by the players alone yeah yeah it's interesting it's 12 and a half percent though and like it's almost a technical like technical like furlough for example that's like you get 80 percent of your wage i suppose up to two and a half k but I mean, it's the amount of money he's on. What three hundred k a week or something? Like I, I, th- I personally think he could afford it. I'm not. I'm not. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm not, not judging he him for. Afford it. It's, no, no. His personal opinion is he's not at the moment convinced that that wage cut will be used to the benefit of the club mm-hmm. completely. Which is fair because I, I mean we all know how grim Arsenal's owners are with yeah. money. I mean I understand that. They're but awful. What, I mean, what is what is he actually doing though? <laughs> like sitting 
probably on his bum all day. Yeah, <laughs> that's like what do with anything. That's, that's, oh, that's, yeah, that's he's, get, he's getting he's getting paid. Yeah, but he's getting paid for not doing anything. But he's already donated he's, he's got, so much money to charity. Yeah, he wants to make yeah, sure that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. But any player any player could say or do that. I'm, I dare say lots of players do that for charity. But twelve and a half percent isn't that much. But well, you, it's a twelve and a half percent he couldn't then give to charity. Yeah, is what. You if don't think, if don't think he gives all of his money to charity. No, exactly. The point is, if he was lost twelve and a half percent of his wage, he'd give less money to yeah. charity yeah but then every other player could have that argument and then Arsenal ultimately losing out money from ticketing sales no but he's making sure that the money goes into the club and not into the owner's pockets that's, that's the whole he point he hasn't said outright no yeah, to yeah. The but they're losing out that money anyway yeah but what? the owners we have one of, we have some of the richest yeah. owners in the league they can afford to bear this for a bit longer they can but so can the players <laughs> man, I'm especially even Gazidis is a billionaire is gains a bit more than Mesut Ozil mate. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, to say yeah for sure but he's a worker that's currently not doing anything either yeah I do agree with that he just he isn't being paid to do anything right now it's mm. just the fact that he's on a contract that he's getting money at the end of the day right. yeah I, I mean I think he will he will agree to the paper once he realises well once the club confirm where the money is going yeah that's yeah. the only Which issue is fair enough in my and opinion personally I think it also shows a very big media bias against Ozil of the three, there are. Mm. You have to remember, it's not just him. There are three players that have. Yeah, but no one knows them. I'm not. I'm that's not, the point. I'm not calling out Özil because uh, um, he's Özil. I'm. I'm not even calling him out. I'm just saying. You are calling him out. Yeah, the it, point the is, Özil or Özil. <laughs> the point is that the other two players, their names haven't been leaked mm-hmm. because yeah. it, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't sure. make. You know, for example, Gwendozi agrees to not do it. No one cares. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like no media bias. People like sell, you sell the papers. Yeah, man. people yeah, like yeah. you see Urzel yeah. refuses. The Sun they, readers, they, they just the classic. Lap it up is the trouble. Do you accuse Those are people like me reading the Sun. <laughs> I don't I read. I do not read the Sun. I didn't. I did not. I'm just saying, Sun Sun readers will read are probably against Urzel because mm. of the bias. Yeah, I'm not against him for sure, but I'm just. I I just think it's there's nothing wrong with taking a, a wage cut in this instance for any any player. I know. I'm agreeing, but I'm, I can so, see why he's not doing it. More be interesting then. We've, obviously, Arsenal—they're only the first club to do this. Why have we not seen more clubs cutting wages or putting put deferrals in place? I mean, a lot of a lot of United players have done it anyway voluntarily, but there's no official "we've done it" across the board. So I think, I think maybe we're just working on doing that. I mean, I'm sure the players will be more than happy to. I mean, people like Lingard on 100 grand a week. Come on. <laughs> But I mean they have been I mean the players have been doing some great work in and around Manchester as well, so it's good to see. But I think yeah, an announcement will be made in the next week or two, I think, from more clubs. Right, well, we'll um, check back next week on yeah. that to see I if Dorsey's predictions come Newcastle true. have also agreed that all the first team players are giving a certain proportion of their wages to the NHS. That's good. Yeah. I think even Matty Longstaff agreed to it and he's on yeah, eight hundred contract or something. He's on eight hundred and fifty pounds a week. Yeah, it's crazy. And he's still giving about 400 of it to the NHS. Well, on the subject of Newcastle, as, as you mentioned it, I think the only other thing that's going on in English football at the moment is the big takeover mm. at, at Newcastle. What's the story, Doors? It's massive. Um, I mean, today the papers have gone through and a deposit has been made. So, I mean, it's, within days we're waiting for the official announcement and from... Who, who are these new owners? So, it's <laughs> Saudi Arabia. I mean, the state of Saudi Arabia will have taken 80% share in Newcastle United Football Club. It sounds familiar. Um, it's, the cla- it's the same as sort of Abu Dhabi with Man City and Qatar with PSG, that sort of state-owned football club. Obviously, there's a huge issue with human rights, as there are at the clubs like City and stuff, because obviously... Those countries have very, very poor human right record, especially Saudi Arabia, which I think is absolutely horrendous. So obviously that comes into it, but 
apparently the owners are worth $260 billion. So mm, Crazy. I mean, for me, the big thing is it highlights why financial fair play exists. Um, it's stopping them coming in and going, right, we'll buy Mbappe, Messi and Ronaldo and win the league. You know, if, if there was no financial fair play, they can just spend three billion quid in the summer unsorted. Hmm. Um, I know, obviously, Scott, you're against financial fair play because it doesn't give other clubs a chance or whatever you say. But but it doesn't because... <laughs> <laughs> big, big, I, I think if you do have the money, I'm not saying you should... I don't think there should be a bottomless pit of how much you should spend. Um, and I probably agree to some extent that City have been allowed to spend more money than... They have because they've cheated the financial fair play rules. Yeah, potentially. Yes. Um, that's all, all still to be sorted out in in courts, of course, which can't be done now. But um, well, how convenient! Uh, yeah, very, yeah. You heard it here first. City started Corona. Uh, well, but um, at, at the end of the day, I think how how are small teams supposed to be able to do what teams like United and Arsenal have been able to and like, it's, it's not possible unless there's some sort of balancing within uh, the finances and I think all I, I think financial fair play could could be good but I just don't think it works currently so I, I don't understand what you're trying to say you're trying yeah. to say that small clubs should be allowed to spend a lot of money I, we, we have obviously regulation on the that's what financial yeah. fair play is yeah yeah, yeah but I, I what, don't what, I where don't, do you draw yeah, the but line it, do, it doesn't allow for any massive improvement into a football club I don't think I don't think say with Newcastle I don't think they're going to be able to they'll obviously be able to spend a little bit but I think they probably will have quite a small cap in comparison to say United or um, I don't know Liverpool City but the it's point not is you like build got, it up over time. They've got a huge stadium. That is, it's very, got, yeah. That's very They've got a massive fan base. That's they're very much bigger club than you, for example. No, they're not much bigger club <laughs> they, than us. Well, they are. They've the got idea fan is base. that no. with sort of owners like, like this, they could then, you know, for example, Mike Ashley was definitely taking money out of the club and running it sort of like a business. Whereas owners like this, then they don't care about taking money out of the club. Mm. They'll just let the club's money naturally accrue over time. Mm. You know, they can invest a little bit in things like the stadium and such and get that up to scratch. And then eventually they'll start, over a number of years, being able to buy the big players that they need to sort of start challenging. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're, uh, follow the guy on Twitter who's sort of the main guy in charge of the Saudi Arabia. Classic doors to follow an oil baron. On <laughs> no, 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 no. I needed it just for the update. And his tweet was, we aim to become a European powerhouse for years to come. And their main aim is to win the Champions League within four years. But I'm, I'm sure, wasn't it the aim of West Ham to get to qualify for the Champions League within four years on moving to the Olympic Stadium? Yes. Big difference <laughs> here theme, is huh? their owners are a disgrace, whereas these owners have got a lot of money to spend. I mean, there's rumours of the likes of Gareth Bale being mentioned on, as one mm. of potential sign-ins. Um, Allegri. Yeah, Rafa Benitez coming back as well. I mean, they've given Steve Bruce... Yeah, they've given Steve Bruce till the end of the season to prove himself <laughs> that they can take him to Europe, but... I think this, if I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be excited with things going ahead. Obviously, Mike Ashley's leaving the club, which is fantastic, but... That's what people want to see more. I mean, yeah, is, I mean, his, his smug thought. Is it much better than Saudi Arabia, you know, human rights and all that sort of thing? Well, it's interesting, because I know that the FA or the Premier League, I'm not sure exactly who, they have got a, a, like a test of ownership. They, have, they basically, if a new owner wants to buy a club, they do have like a, a profiling system which tests, are they like financially sound? Are they the kind of person we want in English football? I wonder if it'll pick up on the human human rights record. Well, I mean, it didn't work for City, so I mean, mm. City's owners are a disgrace when it comes to human rights. So, I'm sure it won't be an issue. I've heard I've heard that I can't remember some source on Twitter 
saying how the FA's that sort of scheme is useless. You know, mm. it doesn't really look into owners and it needs sort of revamping. So, it, I mean, what's to stop another sort of state taking over another club in in England? But at the end of the day, I'm sure Newcastle fans are excited with Kylian Mbappe being rumoured to sign for them. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Of course, the development, uh, well, only, only yesterday really, was that the, the price of oil... Has absolutely mm. crashed out the sky. Yeah, it's it, very interesting. <laughs> American oil has actually been valued negatively. Mm-hmm. Oil companies paying consumers to take oil off their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that going to affect the deal? Obviously, I, I, mean, I assume, given the location, the Saudi, the Saudi Arabian entity that's taken over Newcastle is largely built on oil. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it's actually really interesting what's happening with the oil in, oil industry. Obviously, I'm a chemical engineer, so I'm quite interested in this sort of thing. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was minus seventy dollars. It reached for a barrel of oil, which is the first time it's ever been negative. It's the first time it's been below $15 a barrel ever. <laughs> and it's gone minus 70. Um, and there's a lot of rumours now, obviously, clubs like PSG and Man City are also built on oil. I mean, Man City have got weeks left, I think, to survive if the oil prices uh, are this low. The amount of money that City do have, though, from various revenue, it, it's not going to happen in three weeks' time. This would be over a long period of time. Where's your income coming from? Well, it's, it's multiple sponsorship deals and th- like things like that. But All your sponsorship deals are tied to oil-funded companies. Yeah. No, it's and inflated I, by them. Oh, not just inflated, but and there's one of them is Etihad, which yeah. is probably a, uh, obviously an air, an airline, which is oh, now it's, in uh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Grant, granted, it's it's going to be an interesting time. But I don't. I think given the amount of capital that's already there, I get it's obviously the income into the clubs, which is the big thing, but. I, I don't think three. I think three weeks is a bit of a silly uh, timeline. No, I'm exaggeration. Really. But what, what, what do you say, Hiron? How long have you got left? Well, I I I, I think we're going to be fine. The honesty. Um, given, how, say the lockdown goes on for the next three years, will he survive? No, I think. But it's, it's hard to say. No. But would, would, so yeah, but would, would, would any other? I, I don't know. Would any, how, but it's the same question for all other clubs. Where they get all their yeah, revenue from in this time? We would. Because we've awesome. still got fans paying for merchandise. Awesome. We've still got big There sponsors. it is. <laughs> we do as well, worldwide. Yeah, but from, all from oil and people. gas companies, which no, are no, in the toilet at the moment. No, no but uh, in terms of merchandise also, merchandise... But I'm sold, sorry, no one knows who Man City are. They, no, I disagree. England. I disagree entirely. They have we've no grown idea are, massively mate. in the last 10 years. Massively. Yeah, because and of and oil, they'll forget mate. you that quick. Yeah. No, but in terms, yeah, of, in, terms of glo- in terms of global fan base, we're massive. <laughs> and you have, you have, you have to accept... That's one of the worst things you've ever said. You, you have to accept that. I'm afraid you have to accept that. Most, I mean, I won't accept we that. We have one of the largest global um, supporters in, in football now. No, you're 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 including the, supporters the, all around the world. You're including the city group nonsense, which is like I'm twenty not, clubs. I'm not talking about the city group nonsense. I'm talking about f- actual supporters, like supporters of Man groups city of football Manchester City Football Club. I disagree. Club. Show me the pictures of fans all around the world <laughs> wearing, you know, Sterling shirts on the back. I can't they're wrong. Show yeah. me, show me a, a sold out Wembley, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we, at the end, we've had Here the discussion. We've had plenty of plenty of trips to Wembley. It's and it is what it is. <laughs> I love how you see it as a bad thing. It's not. Like, oh, it's we not, have to go to Wembley again. It's, it's, it's tired of it. They, it's, it's, they it's had not, enough it's of It's not Wembley. a bad thing. It is not a bad thing at all. It's an amazing thing. I just, I just, I, I think a lot of this is just a lot of jealousy, really. In all seriousness, mm-hmm. I because think you're I actually in big trouble. I, I, I genuinely I, believe. I don't think if the so. oil, if the oil market continues to be the way it is. You are in big trouble. We're talking a long because your term, your owners could be like, right, we need to get out of here, sell the club to who? Who's going to buy Man City? It's a long it's a long term thing though. I don't think it's going to be a case of it. It'll just turn its head like that. 
I mean, it's unpredictable, mate. Who knows what's going on? It is unpredictable. It's very unpredictable but for situation. everyone. Tell you what is predictable is is the past. If you take a long look back to 2009, you'll find our On This Day segment there this week, looking back to the 21st of April 2009, when Liverpool took on Arsenal. And Liverpool actually going for the title, I think, at that time and, and battling out with, with United. They thought they could, they could get it. Um, and what ended... what? What that day ended in was a 4-4 draw, which was quite incredible. And I know, Rod, you remember that game very well. Oh, yeah. What what a game, really. Um, it was probably, on both sides, an awful defensive performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> you know, eight goals scored, and there was only three goal scorers. Mm. We'd just signed our Shavin in January. So he was sort of his fifth game for the club. Comes in, and then, well, he scores four, doesn't he? The first yeah. one was lovely, set up by Fabregas. The second and third were just embarrassing mistakes by Liverpool. They basically just passed it to him in their own f- final third and then great finishes from him on both of them. And the fourth one was just brilliant. Walcott's breaking down the wing and then Arshavin just comes out of nowhere to find in all this space on his own. And, and then, the, the, high, the highlights of the match. Aren't I, was yeah. ab- I was absolutely loving it, mate. Um, it was such a tough title race that year with Liverpool. It was a classic Liverpool. Their team was phenomenal. You know, Gerard Alonso, Torres up front in the... Torres at his peak, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's in his prime. And a few weeks ago, they beat us 4-1 at Old Trafford. And I thought that was that was probably it for the title. Five wins on the bounce. Arsenal turned up at Anfield and ruined the party. <laughs> and we went on to win the league. <laughs> Lovely job, Lee. How many points in it in the end? I think it was four in the end. Um, but that... At that point, we were level level on points with them. That was a turning point. Before then, really. that game. Yeah. If they'd won that game, they'd gone three points clear and probably would have kept going with the momentum that they had. But luckily, it derailed their title challenge and Fergie with his magic and Ronaldo scored the, scored, scored the winner in the last game to win it for us. So, I mean, yeah. What a season that was. Thanks, Arsenal. Dallas in. <laughs> Lovely job, Lee. I mean, we all know that everyone just doesn't want Liverpool yeah. to win the league. So we all got to help each other out in the past. Yeah. Chelsea, but City, everyone's helped out doing the... You haven't helped out this end. season. Oh, no, <laughs> certainly did last season, winning 14 True. on the bounce. I think the other notable thing that happened on this day was the famous Luis Suarez bite <laughs> of Branislav Ivanovic, which went um, un- unnoticed by the officials on the day. I think that was 2013, 21st of April. Yeah, that's about right, yeah. Um, and he went, obviously went on to score the winning goal in that match. Um, would, would that have happened with VAR in place? I mean, to be fair, Hopefully yeah, not. I probably would have missed it anyway. <laughs> I've never seen him by it. Nah, it's a yellow card probably, but nah, realistically, yeah, he would have picked up on that. Um, I think it, at that point, I think it was the longest ban given to anyone. Was it 10 games I think he got yeah, for it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, so the longest ban in Premier League history, which, I mean, it's probably deserved. It was disgraceful. Um, but then a year later, he did it again in the World Cup. So, Kazakh mm. Suarez, but... Yeah, it was a very, very interesting incident. I don't think we'll see that again in the Prem anytime soon. Hopefully not. <laughs> I just don't know what was going through his head. He's a professional footballer, you know, and he, he's playing a game and then he just suddenly just decides to take a chunk out of someone's arm. <laughs> oh, we all get a bit hungry sometimes. Well, you do. <laughs> Find you, you, you know, arm deep in the biscuit barrel. <laughs> Love it. A special guest on the line today, uh, Dorsey. Maybe you can introduce him. Yeah. So, I mean, the last few weeks, obviously, we've had the the Dorsey challenge, which most of them have come from a certain person back at home. Um, goes by Malcolm Dawes, who's actually my dad. So, you're right, mate. How's it going? <laughs> Hiya, Matt. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, <laughs> we're Good, all right. You. How are you doing? Are you all Are you all coping with this situation? 
Just yeah, about. <laughs> a bit odd, isn't it? It's a bit of a weird one. We're mainly missing the football, I think. It is a weird one. But yeah, I think so. The challenge this week, um, which was posed to me by my dad a few days ago, was to name the best 11 of World Cup winners um, from 1990 to 2018. So we'd have to make a combined team for that. And then my dad will make a combined 11 from World Cup winners from 1966 to 1986. So sort of his prime years of watching football. Um, and then we'll put them up against each other and we'll see see who's the best. So I don't know whether you wanted to start, Dad, if you wanted to go through your, your 11. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you mine now. So in goal, Gordon Banks. What a save is the thing that comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> what a save, yeah. Uh, the one who got close to him was, was Dino Zoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. Fullback, the great Carlos Alberto. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brazil, 1970. Well, yes. <laughs> and how many? How many of these players are going to be from Brazil, said, 1970? I nearly yeah. said Brazil, 1970. Yeah, I was going to say, just do that team. <laughs> <laughs> Left back, uh, Breitner of West Germany. Okay. Centre backs, Passerel and Bobby Moore. Mm, okay, interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right in front of them, Beckenbauer. Yeah, yeah. waiting for his appearance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that was the problem position I had was like a holding midfielder there, mm. and uh, that was the best I came up with. Yeah. And then the then we start going to the class. Then Jorginho uh, on the right, Rivellino on the left, <laughs> and Maradona just behind. Gert Muller and Pele. Knew <laughs> oh, Pele was going to be there. Yeah, Pele was obviously going to be there. I yeah. mean, obviously, you have the opinion that he is the best player of all time, which is nonsense, but. Well, I, I will agree. The top three. Now, I've got Ooh. two of the top three of all time, and you won't get any, so <laughs> good luck, boys. Uh, I mean, that's that probably true, to be fair, but I think we've done our, we've done our best. So I was looking at our team thinking, oh, surely this will beat any team, but that team's class. It's actually yeah, yeah, it it's a very, very thoughts, good team. Now. It's a very good team, but I think, I think I don't know. I'm still, I'm still confident with that. I'm still confident with that. Also, so, a very good team. Come spent, on, let's have it. We spent a good Come 45 on. minutes yeah. before the show <laughs> trying to discuss it. But yeah, go on, doors. So we decided on Buffon in goal. Um, obviously, Casillas is another big shout there, but I think we went for Buffon. Saved some pens in the in the final, so I think he got the nod. Okay. Right back, we went for Cafu ahead of Philip Lahm, which yeah. much to Mid's demise, but yeah. <laughs> I think. Cafu yeah. was ridiculous. Um, left back, Roberto Carlos. I mean, that's probably the easiest the easiest name on the team sheet, really. Um, and then the centre-backs, which was quite quite tough because there's been some quality Very ones. Tough. But we went with Cannavaro, obviously the last defender to win the Ballon d'Or in 2006. And then Poyol as well, which... I mean, we were thinking of Ramos, but we thought Poyol was more in his prime during that World Cup year, so we decided to go with him. Yeah, I think Ramos... Not this... Desai was a shot, yeah. Oh, I knew. There's some good centre halves that missed out, but I think we're happy with that. Yeah, in the we had to put the partnership Desai and Blanc and Ramos and Poyle. Nesta and other Nesta oh, and so options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. happy with that in the end. Um, yeah. and then the whole Still nearly as good as Mike Poo. Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
C- CDM was another ridiculously hard decision, but nightmare. We went with Pirlo in the end, um, just for its class. This is almost a last minute uh, change round from us, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was Dorossi up until about yeah, a minute there, before yeah. we decided to change it. Before but deadline day, like. before deadline day. <laughs> right. Um, so okay. we've got sort of two outside centre mids um, of Iniesta and Lothar Mateus. I mean, there it is, as simple as that. Really, Iniesta <laughs> scored the winning goal in the final. One of the best midfielders of our generation, really. Obviously, we've grown up with Pep's Barca, and that, and he was a massive part of that team as well as the Spanish team. I mean, the notable exceptions mm-hmm. there were the likes of Xavi and Xavi Alonso from the, yeah. from the Spanish team. I mean, at one point we had four Spanish midfielders that could all start for us. I mean, that <laughs> that team was ridiculous. <laughs> and then, I mean, the front three is incredible. We got Ronaldinho and Zidane in behind the original R9 Ronaldo. What a team that is. That's, that's nearly as good Here as Maradona and Pele. <laughs> the problem is that fr- your front three is not probably quite. a bit better than ours, actually, thinking about it. Even though ours is ridiculous. <laughs> like the, the players that got missed yeah. out from ours, like, you know, we just couldn't even work in Henri in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the, like, the, some of the other players, like David Villa got dropped and he was sensational yeah. for Spain that year. Yeah, yeah. It was a really hard yeah. challenge, but I think overall I'm happy with that. I mean, in terms of who's better, well, obviously you're going to say, because you've got Pele, but for me he's a fraud, so... No, no, I haven't got just Pele, I've got Maradona, I've got Beckenbauer, <laughs> i got Bobby Moore, i got... Uh, we have we got Beckenbauer as our manager. Yeah, Beckenbauer as our manager. Jimmy, 1990. <laughs> <laughs> so he finds his way onto the team sheet, though. Yeah. But I think... Right, yeah. Well, the ones who missed out, a couple of missed out for me were Zoff, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Charlton, no, of course, yeah, and icon. Paolo Ro- and Paolo Rossi, you know, right. scored a lot of goals for Italy. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're the ones that really and Luther Mateus, who I was going to get, <laughs> but he played in '86 when they lost, and he won in '90. Yeah, yeah. unlucky mate. <laughs> so I lost these hours. I gotta give, I gotta give him, I'll give him to you, and I'll just replace him with Beckenbauer. Yeah, that's not a bad replacement, <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. I think All I, I know is, boys. I mean, we we could stand here another hour now arguing <laughs> about it. But at the end of the day, they're class football players, and they all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and we, we love, had to argue about it for good hour. Yeah, yeah. It was really hard to narrow it down. I mean, yeah. I'd love to see the seventy Brazilians, modern day kits, balls, yeah. boots, pitches, fitness levels, you know, all the rest of it. I'd love to see because they were class. Second best, best, best team, team second, ever to win second the best of all time, mate. Second best. No, I just actually I've done some research today and oh, I looked God. at every poll I could find, <laughs> every poll in the world. Nineteen seventy light of um, Brazil. Brazil were the best ever. International Ampelli teams, was probably. The best. Yeah. No, 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 no. Pele was the best. No, no, no. He wasn't even the best Brazilian year. Jorginho was much better. Three World Cups, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. No space for um, no no space for Garincha then. No, but he was he was prior to sixty six. Oh, was he? He was the so I yes. Ah, I thought he, he, I thought, I thought he was in the seventy squad. I mean, it just sums up how many no, no, world class Brazilians no, no. there are. He was, and I decided because I had a chat with your brother and Mike today about it, and I decided they had to play in the final, not just a squad player. To, actually qualified yeah I think we had a similar policy yeah, yeah. that's why I think Henri didn't really yeah. make it because he wasn't that key as, no, he, as he would no. have been he only did three appearances for that no. squad yeah. no 
So, but there we are. Well, that was uh, interesting. Yeah, very I interesting. I think your side is, is very good. But, but there it is. <laughs> sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. When when you've got Pele, Maradona, and Beckenbauer in your side, that's it. Well, thanks very much. It's for a winning time. Challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Dad. We're looking forward to next okay, week's guys. One, whether that's whether that's Malcolm Dawes or Matthew Dawes. Yeah. We're look, <laughs> looking forward to Dawes' challenge next yeah. week. When there's going to be a special, always is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Good to hear from yeah, you. Cheers, All keep safe. Will do. Yeah, you too. Take care. Cheers, cheers Malcolm. See you, Malcolm. Well, what have you got lined up for next week, Dawes? Anything you can give away yet, or <sighs> you know me, mate, like to keep it under under wraps as we basically on our um, <laughs> I'm not giving anything away, I'm afraid. Okay, well, we're looking forward to that. Uh, do tune in again uh, next week. You can find the podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or on Mixcloud. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like and share as well. Spread the word about they think it's all corona because we know it's the best football podcast around in lockdown. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. This has been They Think It's All Over, and it is now. <laughs>